Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Listening to the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast, your one-stop shop for the outstanding, the unconventional, and the downright strange. Strap in because the boys are about to take a wild ride. I'm Funk Master B, setting up that tea for the duo of gum foolery. Your hosts, Dan and Lee. Of course I believe in aliens. I mean, in an infinitely growing universe, why would we be the only living species? Bigfoot, Nessie, all that stuff, it's got to be real. How are we to say that we're the only ones? It's just ignorant. I think aliens are not only from other planets, but they're time travelers. Welcome back to the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast, your one-stop shop for the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. I'm one half of your hosting duo, Dan Martson, recording just down from the crossroads where Robert Johnson made his infamous deal with the devil. And as always, I am joined by one of the founding fathers of Beyond Terrestrial, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lee Errett. Lee. Hello, Beyonders. I'm coming to you from the Haunted Barn Studios in the Bell Witch's backyard. And as always, I'm happy to be here. But Dan, we have a guest tonight. Yes, Lee. Um, Now, you know, everyone knows that I moved to Mississippi about a year ago now. And we have been drumming up a whole series of Mississippi stories. And I thought the thing to do would be to drum up a uh, a fellow podcaster and uh, i found one he is the host of not another horror podcast the curator of all things strange and unexplained anthony rossetti anthony good to have you on happy to be here 
So tell us um, a little bit about Not Another Horror Podcast. How'd you get started and uh, what kind of stuff do you do? Well, Not Another Horror Podcast is mainly about all things strange and unexplained, some unsolved mysteries, true crime, paranormal events, just all in all things that, you know, are very hard to explain. And most of the stories do take place in the South, but I do have an act for going all across the state so yes i was just listening to the latest episode the uh bleeding house of atlanta that was a good one I the still bleeding don't... house of atlanta was that the one where the couple had the house the, the walls bled for like years yeah yeah and uh it was definitely human blood by the way wow that's crazy yeah that's a real trip that is a real trip <laughs> um, but uh yeah it was really cool it's like a campfire story kind of thing uh yeah. solo host um I, I love it i'm i think it's great and now when it comes to mississippi anthony are you a are you a local are you a transplant uh what's your history in the magnolia state i am a local born moved away for a little bit and moved back a few years ago there you go. The the warm summers just you couldn't resist coming back for that Mississippi no. summer, right? <laughs> Very hot and humid. <laughs> um, it's it's funny how uh, after you leave a place that's home, even the bad things about it you you kind of miss. Yeah, and you also tend to defend those things to other people when you're you know away from home and they start talking about your hometown or your state. You get a little defensive at times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I, I imagine, too, with Mississippi, there's plenty to go around. Because I know, you know, being a transplant, when they said, oh, you're going to move to Mississippi, the first thing you think of is the 60s, right? And you're like, oh, geez, <laughs> yeah. here we go. Right? Well, that was like 50 years ago, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely changed for the better. You know, we got a new flag and all that good stuff. So... <laughs> Yeah, oh, so that goodness. flag thank did go through. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't my first choice in the flag contest, whatever. Um, I liked there was like a blue uh, flag that had a white tree on it. And I was like, oh, that is like a Gondor ripoff. But it would be so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so, so you speak of like defending your home state. Now... I, I have a hard time because I've considered two states my home state, Washington and Idaho. Um, but that being said, every damn time my girlfriend intentionally says that I'm from Iowa, I almost want to, like, dump her. Oh. <laughs> She's like, they sound the same. I'm like, they're nothing alike. <laughs> Them's fighting words. Them's fighting words, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I did a summer job where we went around selling like books door to door and crap, and it was um, it was rough. But anyway, when you tell people you're from Idaho, they go, "Oh yeah, Iowa, yeah, corn, right?" And I'm like, "No, Idaho, potatoes, not corn." And they go, "Oh, okay, yeah." <laughs> um. So anyway, Anthony, before we before we keep identifying states by their uh, main agricultural product. I think we should talk about the subject of the show. Um, and the subject is urban legends of Mississippi. So 
Mississippi uh, is a state that's very rural, so you don't automatically think urban legends, right, Anthony? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Jackson. You know, Jackson's got a very inner city vibe um, in some spots. It can be pretty rough. There's places where I've been told not to go at night. So, you know, that's it's a little rough and tumble, but still... Even Jackson is a very small city, and it doesn't really give an urban legend vibe. But uh, we've got some good ones, and I guess the first one we should touch on is uh, the tale of Mercritus, the Mississippi Mercritus outbreak of the 1950s. Now, Anthony, this is a subject you guys did on uh, Not Another Horror Podcast. Yeah, uh, it's definitely... um very interesting one and also it's something that i heard about as a kid growing up a lot so it was kind of the first thing i wanted to do when i made the podcast okay now this this is one i gotta ask you about because we i've only been here a year and i've seen the mercritus story in like the only in your state and like 10 urban legends of mississippi like all those sorts of web pages but I've never heard anyone talk about it. What kind of like oral history were you relayed uh, when it came to this to this subject of Mercritus? Uh, basically, the older people in my family would always tell me the story of Mercritus about how these women went crazy and killed all all of the men, and that there was a big government conspiracy um, to cover it up because apparently there was no cure for it. Uh-huh. And so they just they just killed all the men. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. That was the end of the outbreak. Yeah, that was the end of it. Apparently there was also a riot and a whole town burned down, but no one seems to know what the town was. And they said that the name of the town and the town itself were also destroyed and covered up by the government. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn government. <laughs> I know, Lee. That's crazy. Um... And it's it's kind of funny. Lee mentioned this when I was telling him about the subject today, um, how this story could actually be built up from, like, anti-government paranoia, um, especially in small southern communities that it turns out later, we, we find out, had a history of being the subject of, like, government experimentation and cover-ups, right? Like, yeah. it's... It's kind of freaky. Um, I guess that's in the news now a lot, Anthony, about, uh, you know, vaccine hesitancy in uh, communities here in Mississippi. I I personally, I haven't seen it with the COVID vaccine. It seems like everyone's on board for it. Um, was that was that part of the oral history at all? The, the vaccine hesitancy or anything like that? Yeah, um, apparently the government just wanted to kill everybody, so uh, that's why people, <laughs> you know. Hey, wow. <laughs> I, I do have to. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Not not. Okay. They didn't want to kill everybody, but there was a certain group of people that they seemed to not care about. <laughs> True. Well, yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, that's not uh, <laughs> that's not inaccurate. Um, well, and especially like in my research of uh the mercritus story it was odd how in the if you just google mercritus 
um, there is a Wikipedia entry that comes up for um, an unincorporated area of the Mississippi Delta, Highlanddale, Mississippi, which is uh, near Schlater and uh, Greenwood up there in the Delta. And I was like, well, if it happened anywhere, the Delta <laughs> is where it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I think I'm. I think I didn't study for the right test. I I looked up HPV. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 thought the doctors were pulling your leg when they told you about it, huh? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna get a vaccine for HPV. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now you're. Now you're SOL because everyone has it. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Well, I'm folks, sorry. You're, prob you're probably wondering a little bit about what we're talking about, and we will get into the full story of the great Mississippi Mercritus outbreak and other spooky urban legends of the Magnolia State after we take a quick break. <laughs> been here with anthony he's been regaling us about i love that word regale i noticed i used it a lot and i'm just gonna keep going um he's been regaling <laughs> us with uh, the the story of the macritus outbreak in mississippi all right lee i'm gonna i'm gonna hold you to two regales per episode okay did i already use them both up yeah you're done you're damn done. it all right that's all you get is two <laughs> um so, Anthony, you did a lot of research on this. We just uh, went over this real quick, so we'll tell it like an urban legend. Um, Mercritus is allegedly a condition that is caused by the ingestion of lead, like lead paint, any kind of lead products, maybe lead leached through pipes. Um, lead is in a lot of stuff. And allegedly the first Mercritus outbreaks occurred in Europe and then sometime in the 1950s it made its way to the deep south and an outbreak occurred right here in the state of Mississippi that like we were saying led to riots and all kinds of craziness because mercritus it affects men in one way and it affects women in a different way Yes. Which I think is I think is an odd uh, deal for a disease. I'm sure this happens in a few diseases in biology, but I cannot think of one off the top of my head Prostate right now. Prostate cancer. Uh, well, yeah, good one. <laughs> good one, Lee. Yeah, you got me there. Right. <laughs> Anthony, I'm going to apologize to you in advance. This is what I bring to the table, and you're welcome. <laughs> um, so... So, like, if a man ingests lead, he gets mercritus condition, is what the fake websites that claim this is a real thing talk about. Uh, and the mercritus condition makes a man emit some kind of smell, some secretion from his pores, a pheromone something that drives women crazy and not in a good way. Like... They call it Mercritus 
uh, activated rage. M-A-R, Mercritus activated rage. And they go crazy like it's 28 days later, and they just start, like, trying to kill all the men. This is essentially the story of Mercritus, and if it happened in Mississippi, it was covered up very, very well. But I, I really wonder how this even became a story, Anthony. I think, like you were saying, um, the 50s and 60s where time riots were happening, you have this kind of anti-government uh, sentiment coming from uh, all kinds of communities, not just, not just the black community, but um, the black community was affected very deeply here in the South by government uh, cover-ups and propaganda. It's crazy. So do you think it's just all built out of that era or is there something else uh, further back that we can maybe point to? Well, I think it is a little bit of that of what you mentioned beforehand because uh, most history in Mississippi at the time was passed orally. So, of course, we had certain other experiments in Alabama that probably, you know, had some oral history come over to Mississippi and then you know, it took on the form of Merc, you know, Mercritus. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. well, and um, in the in the 40s, um, Mississippi, the Gulf, was a hub of like naval shipyards. Um, there was a lot of government involvement in Mississippi. I mean, you go back to Reconstruction. There's a lot of government involvement in the affairs of Mississippi, um, and then you have the Civil Rights era. And there's just this whole, this whole history of the government and the state of Mississippi, and how they, how Mississippians have been forced to, you know, accept the the new dynamics or have been uh, under the thumb of, you know, government authority and secrecy. It's Big there's all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, but we also have to take into account that it kind of villainizes women as well. So, <laughs> yes, yes, dude, this is this is the best. Like all the women go hysterically crazy and murder all the men. Yeah, um, the story I know that that came from London was that they all chase this man into the water and then they drowned all together. And the same thing apparently happened in this Mississippi town. They chased some men into the water, and those men died as well. So, uh, uh, like yeah. lemmings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's insane. Um, and I know Lee. Like we have wives. Lee, Anthony, are you married? No. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not saying don't, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess legally yes, but we don't both have wives anymore. Anyway. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. that's true. Good good point you make. I should take it. Um, you know what? I love I I joke, but I do love marriage. I've performed four weddings, um, and I I love weddings. I love marriage. It's great. Uh, but I mean, we all know women can be a little crazy to us. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they do stuff that we don't quite understand. Yeah, the, I think there's, I'm sure there's history of this, uh, Anthony, going back well into uh, the Middle Ages, probably like as long as uh, history has been recorded, right? Right. <laughs> um, I, th I think there's whole Greek plays about this, uh, tragedies 
most of them <laughs> about how men don't understand women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. Lee, what do you think of this uh, Mercritus story? Um, it's It's clearly all bunk. There's no evidence at all to support this but i mean the the government covered up bob lazar's uh college transcripts i'm sure they could erase an entire town well i mean wow um i've got some jokes running in my head that i need to not say out loud um but (laughs) you were so bad at the end of world war ii they actually did erase two towns moving on (laughs) Oh, <laughs> wow. That was really bad. That was, that was, hey, no, those towns are still there. They are. They are. They came back, but we yeah. tried to erase them. Oh, yeah. man, we're, we're assholes. Well, and you, well, think about this. Like, one of the most secretive projects ever, like Los Alamos, right? Um, that's, that's not something that can stay secret forever. No. Um, I, I look at that as, like, well... It feels like, uh, it feels like a movie, right? Like it doesn't feel like a true story. Like, like I mean, there are a lot of situations where movies feel or where stories feel like a movie, but they actually turn out to be true. I mean, we talked about Project Azorian, where the government literally built a four-mile-long crane to pull up a Russian sub from the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Um, and almost pulled it off. So, yes, I mean, some of these things that that we look into is, is that crazy. But this one really does sound like a movie or a like a ghost story. Um, but I, I appreciate that they've put a, um, or that somebody has put uh, something that people could believe would do something. Because lead poisoning has a history of making people seem kind of crazy anyway. Um, you talk about people like the Mad Hatters and the stuff with that. Or with that. They worked with mercury and lead, and that's a big part of why they were um, mad, to be specific. So, mm-hmm. Dan, mm-hmm. I'm passing it back off to you. I got no more intelligent sounds to come out of my mouth. No, no, that was actually a very good point, Lee. Like, there is no safe level of lead that you can ingest in your body. Like, any bit of these heavy metals can cause serious, irreversible damage. Um, Anthony, in your show... Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You uh, you asked uh, some experts about lead poisoning, right? Yes. Okay. Well, let's say let's save a little bit so that folks can uh, go over to Not Another Horror Podcast and uh, listen to that Macritus episode and any of your upcoming episodes. Um, because yeah, like it is not it's not something you mess around with, right, my man? No, definitely not. And. Um... Mercuritis seems to only happen if the person survives lead poisoning, which is something that other stories somehow seem to leave out. <laughs> so, I I am not <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, so I'm that not sweet sure. Spot just before you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. You get the mercuritis. It's like congratulations, you survived, and for your reward, women will be crazy about you. Not kind of good crazy. It's like a bad genie. Like, like, all right, I'll make women crazy about you. Yeah, sure. That's good. That's like very monkey's paw sort of thing. Like, (laughs) oh, you survived, but now here it is. Exactly. It's going to get you. Exactly. Wow. 
That's good. I like that. That that fits in good with the uh, movie storyline too. I know. I know, so. right? We're writing a screenplay. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, uh, really quickly, while we're talking about movies, uh, we got to thank our editors, the folks over at Simple Equations Media in sunny Las Vegas, Nevada, a full-service audio-video production company. They can take your ideas from pre-production through shooting and recording all the way through post-production if you need to record music, if you're doing a, you know, a little video for work or your garage band or you're trying to break into movies and TV, the guys at Simple Equations Media can help you out. They make us sound good. So there you go. Anthony, do you do all your uh, own production on the pod? I do. You got to get someone else to do it, my man. It's so much better. <laughs> no. This is the third guest podcaster that he's pulled this on. Like, hey, do you have somebody doing it? Oh, no, but we do, so that's great. Like, <laughs> No, they make, they make our lives a lot easier. Oh, it does. Really it like really it. does. Uh, um, but, but I know I do like your show. Like I said, I just listened to that one. You had the campfire going in the background. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can imagine it. I'd be sitting around a campfire right now. Um, and especially with these type of stories, right? Right. So, anyways. Now, Anthony, we've kind of, we've kind of gone over Macritus. There's, um, there's a lot more details that we could go into, but we're trying to keep it to an urban legends kind of thing and also get folks to go over and listen to Not Another Horror Podcast. Um, so, what are some other... Yeah, like I say, you're a local. You've been in Mississippi for a while. What are some other Mississippi legends uh, that you've that you've heard of? Maybe some new ones on me and Lee. Well, there's actually one not that far from where I live now. I think maybe ten miles. Uh, it's called the Beast of Old Taylor Road. Uh huh. And the Beast of Old Taylor Road is apparently a werewolf legend, as so I've been told by numerous people. Uh, so on this road, Old Taylor Road, uh, there seems to be a lot of werewolves or lugaru, which is what they refer to them as. And uh, if you're ever alone on that road at night, you should never stop because that's when they will attack you. And apparently if they attack you, and you tell somebody else that they attacked you, you will also turn into a werewolf. Oh, so <laughs> just just reporting a werewolf attack <laughs> will make you... I thought you had to get bitten. Uh, well, so apparently you have to be... You can be scratched, bitten, or whatever. Uh, oh, I see. And, okay. As long as you live to tell the tale, basically. And uh, the, the rules are that you have one year where you can't tell anybody it happened. If you tell anyone within that one year, you will then become one. Oh, I like that. I like how it has an expiration date so you can <laughs> save it up. Um, Lee, uh, the Beast of Taylor Road, the Lou Garou. That's like, a, that's like a French name for a werewolf. Is that right, Anthony? That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's probably from the cajun creole traditions uh what do you think my man what do you think about this uh werewolf story lee i, I love werewolf stories um and when i was i've done a lot of research and so, this kind of stuff and i've heard of uh the lugaru 
um, or sometimes referred to as the Rougarou. Um, I think they're just like uh, mixing their R's up with their L's. I don't know. Um, <laughs> don't, I don't know yeah. what happens down there in Louisiana and uh, <laughs> in Mississippi. Um, things happen. Words go weird. Anyway, uh, yes, I, I've heard this. I've heard that statement before as well. That in some um, storylines, uh, you have like a, a time frame that you have to surpass before you can tell anybody. Uh, I, I hate to be like the ultimate skeptic here, but it, I, I mean, that sounds like a great excuse for me to just make up a tall tale that happened to me in the past, right? Oh, yeah, I, I got I got bit by the Rougarou. I, I couldn't do it for, te- for a year because that's why it's all healed up because I. Uh, oh, yeah, that'd be good. Um, you, if you were a mailman and you had like an old dog bite that came from like a chihuahua or something. You could pass it off as the Lugaru. Yes, yeah. It, it might be better to like it have it be from like a Rottweiler or something. I don't know. A Chihuahua would still look like a pretty small bite theoretically. Well, see that you wouldn't want to tell your friends about the Chihuahua thing because that'd be embarrassing. But if you said, "Oh no, it was a baby werewolf," it was man. a baby werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me off guard when I was fighting off the mother. Oh, <laughs> uh, but. But no, I love the I love the stories of the werewolves. I love how many different uh, storylines can be created off of essentially the same um, the same character. Now, the beast of a specific road, like almost immediately brings up to my mind the beast of Bray Road, which is a similar situation. They call them dogmen or upright upright canids or something like that. Um, a very Linda Moulton Howe driven um, storyline there with the beast of Bray Road. Oh, but she's got some name clout behind her to bring that out. So, uh, yeah, Linda Moulton Howe famously Miss Idaho, like 1968 or something like that. Google it; it's actually a thing. Um, <laughs> so, Anthony, um, actually, now Lee's a little bit skeptical on the Dogman, Anthony, but there have been a lot of Dogman stories out there lately. I'm in a lot of these like weird subreddits, like, uh r slash high strangeness i see dogman stories in there all the time what do you think about uh you know upright canids dogman lugaru well i think it's kind of kind of creepy i guess uh because growing up that was another story that we were told because i grew up around a lot of woods and uh people would see things that they didn't quite know what it was and so they would, of course, try to, you know, say it was a werewolf or something like that, or for some reason a were panther. Don't really understand where that came from. <laughs> uh, that oh, is dude, actually that is actually a South American legend, were panther. Uh, dude, um, I like that. That's cool. Uh, out of uh, like basically out of um, like Brazil. The yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. But yeah. So, so Anthony, this was essentially the scare the kids, keep them out of the woods sort of story. Yeah, and if you ever really want to be entertained, there is actually a local news reporter here went and investigated some sightings, and uh, there was a woman who claimed to have caught a picture of it. Uh, it's on YouTube. I think the video's maybe about six or seven years old. But uh, apparently in the whole town, everything's just crazy because it's like in a smaller suburb of Oxford, so... Uh, it's nothing oh. but farmers and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, classic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so it, I I can very much identify with this um, story of animals in the woods being misidentified. 
Uh, I was in the Boy Scouts for many, many years. I was a Boy Scout for as long as a person could be a Boy Scout. And we used to take uh, week-long backpacking trips, 50 milers. And uh, we did a couple of them in, like, some pretty deep wilderness areas. Uh, no roads, no nothing, right? Um, and on one of these treks, we're walking along on a day trip, so we don't have our packs on. Just a little day pack stuff. And there's one kid in front of me. I'm, I'm at the very front of the group. There's only one other kid in front of me. And I see a bear lope off away from us. Uh, it's just a little black bear. <laughs> and I stop. And this kid in front of me keeps on walking. And I'm like, Robert, stop. Robert, what, what are you doing? Stop. There, stop. He's like, what? And I was like, that was a bear. And he's like, no, it wasn't. That was a dog. I'm like, yeah, Robert, a dog. A 300-pound black dog with a short, stubby tail, little round ears, and a bull face. Its front legs are shorter than its back legs. Yeah, a dog. <laughs> no collar, no owner. Middle of the damn wilderness. A million acres around us. No other people. That was a dog, right? Dude, <laughs> pretty harsh on your friend here, man. <laughs> like, I know, I know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Did you say that? Like, were you like that to him, like on the trail? Like, sure. No, no, I am it's a dog. Right. I, 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 I rolled my eyes. I was like, whatever. <laughs> um, no, no, I embellished the story a little bit for the pod, but still. Um, <laughs> It was, I was like, yeah, that was definitely a bear, dude. <laughs> like, Can we keep moving so, and make some noise? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Clank your pots and, and pans like, together. It, like, yeah, it's just a little black bear. He ran away from us, but you know, you never know. You got to watch out. There were grizzlies up there. So, what's uh, uh, what's the saying with bears? If they're brown, lay down. If they're black, fight back. And if it's white, good night. Oh yeah, you don't mess around with a polar bear. <laughs> yeah. like, oh. um, but no, actually, um, black bears can come in uh, a couple different varieties where they can look brown, and uh, they call sometimes they call them golden bears. Um, so they don't always uh, come in the the black variety. Um, if it's if it's a grizzly bear, you got to look for the hump and that bull face. And the and the size like that uh, grizzly's got a bigger head and a hump, and uh, they're just they're nastier. <laughs> Grizzly, think of it this way: um, a uh, a black bear is about the size of a Batman on a scooter, uh, but a grizzly bear is about the size of a Volkswagen. Yeah, or, or like a really fat Great Dane for a black bear, right? Yeah, that's a, that's about the size of a lot of black bears. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, well, okay. Well, well, one last thing before we leave the subject of bears, because we gotta get to more. Yeah, we gotta get on to Beats and Battlestar Galactica. I know. We're, we're just we're just <laughs> yeah, Beats and Battlestar. Um, Anthony, have you ever eaten bear? Uh, can't say that I've had that pleasure. <laughs> Lee. Uh, I feel like you're about to pull one of my Idaho cards away from me. No, I've never eaten bear. I've had many other, like, meat, but no, not bear. I had gator um, meat. Have you had gator meat? 
Yeah, I've had gator meat. I had gator meat back in Idaho. Man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Gator meat, that's easy. All right. Um, so here's the thing. Um, bear has a reputation for being a greasy meat, but god dang if it doesn't make a really good sausage. Well, if you don't want wow. a greasy sausage, then you are <laughs> No, like, bre- like breakfast sausage. Breakfast oh, sausage. Man. You can yeah. mix it in with other meats. It's really good. Okay. Bis- bear biscuits and gravy. Mmm. Nom nom nom. Oh, oh okay. Alright. <laughs> Dude, my brother my brother in law's the man. I uh, I'll get him uh have him give me something. I'll bring it to your house. <laughs> that feels like it might not be very good. Will you put no, it in no, a Yeti cooler? Really good. Will you put it in a Yeti cooler, please? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just so it stays nice and frozen on my trip between Idaho and your house. <laughs> I, I would do that for you. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Dude, I got a gift bag filled with those Winco, um, uh, the the Winco uh, spaghetti mixes that I asked you to pick up spaghetti that last time mixes, you were in. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> for my birthday. Like a bag full, like a gift bag filled with them. Wow. Okay. <laughs> these these are very intimate details of uh, mine and Lee's relationships. <laughs> Uh, which we're putting all out I'm there. I'm glad you're the here, people. Anthony. Like this is yeah, just a great ride, and uh, we're, we're we're all really bonding, and I think it's uh, I think it's good. I think it's a good lesson. Well, uh, <laughs> Anthony, well, do you I mean, be standing uh, up or sitting down? Do you fold the paper or do you wad it up? Wow. <laughs> You, you never heard that one? That's a classic icebreaker. Um, so, okay, okay. Mississippi Urban Legends. That one was a really good one. I love that. The Beast of Taylor Road. Um, it turns out my story, Anthony, is almost the same story. It's just with a different road and a different monster. Uh. <laughs> the Three-Legged Woman of Nash Road. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, according to the legend, the three-legged woman of Nash Road used to be a real live woman, um, and she lost her child somewhere on the road, and when she came across her remains, all she could find was a single leg, and she carried that leg with her and passed away from a broken heart, or according to some stories participated in a satanic ritual to try and revive her dead child and now her ghost appears to people who stop on Nash Road and honk their car horn three times she will appear she will bang on your car she has the third leg stitched to her body and it's rotting away, this tiny leg off to the side. And she will chase down your car, and you'll have to uh, make a break for it. And at the end of the road, she'll slam into your rig and do some serious damage. Anthony, that's a pretty freaky story, I think. That's classic urban legend with the honk three times, and then the ghost appears, right? Yes. Uh, Uh, Very reminiscent of, like, Candyman. But I was going to say, that's actually not far from here, and I've done that before. Me and uh, some friends decided to try it one night, and, uh, yeah, we were let down, so. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Well, Lee, 
I think if I think if you come down to visit, we might have to try and uh, do it ourselves. What do you think? I like the idea. I love it. <laughs> Could it be just an angry old like homeless man with like a gross looking penis? <laughs> Wearing a dress and be like, "Stop honking your horn! I'm trying to sleep in the ditch." Stop because you woke him up. Distinct possibility. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry. This is this is why we bring you oddly for these uh, <laughs> insights. <laughs> I'm like trying to insights in air quotes. <laughs> oh, guys, it that's such. A, you're right. It's got such a um, such a hook hand kind of feel to it. Like, oh, you're driving late at night and um, you stop on this road and you honk your horn three times. Um, you know, it's, it's very remin- it's It's got all the major elements, right? It's got the three, the the rule of threes, right? You say Bloody Mary three mm-hmm. times in the mirror, all, all of those kind of things. Um, it's got the late at night at the, you know, on this deserted road, right? It's either a deserted road or a bridge or, or something like that, right? Um, those things that can just, yeah, it, it, it's got all the, all the features that are needed for a solid ur- urban legend, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I forgot one of the rules of three. You stop, you honk your car horn three times, and then she'll knock on your roof three times on the roof of your car. Oh, really? Or you you can hear her body, like, dragging across the roof while you drive. Uh Uh-huh. It's Wow. (laughs) But I also just want to mention that there's nothing in Columbus to do but go to a strip club and a sex store, so I can see why it became a popular legend. Uh, oh man, I can only imagine um, going to Columbus, Mississippi for the strip club. Ooh, ooh, I'd be like some of the ones we've gone by in Clarksville, rightly, <laughs> which we've never stopped at ever for uh, our wives I, who don't listen. I, I want to figure that out though. Like, I want to see if they're as shady inside as they look on the outside, or if they're like worse or or not. Like, I. No, Lee, I guarantee you they're as shady on the inside as they I, are on the I, outside. I believe it, but I want to see it for myself. Like, I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to walk into that and be like, wow, and then walk back out. Pay the $10 cover charge or the $2 cover charge. Um, $10 the higher end one in town. $2 the, um, the one that makes you bring your own beer. <laughs> Wait. Wait. Hold on. Hold on, Lee. A two-dollar bring-your-own-beer strip club? Uh, I I don't know what the cover charge is at the place, but there is a strip club that on its marquee literally says BYOB. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty intense. Now, now I've been told there's a law against, uh, like, having liquor and strippers on the same site, apparently. Um I, I don't see th- Oh, that's the way it was in Idaho. Yeah, yeah. I don't see a sign anywhere else. Like uh, any of the other ones aren't like bring your own beer. So I don't know um how accurate that is. Hmm. Intriguing. Well, I guess uh we'll be back with more information about uh local Mississippi strip clubs <laughs> after we take a quick break.
All right, and we're back. Dan, we were talking about Tennessee strip clubs, not Mississippi strip clubs. Just going to say that out loud. Well, we were talking about both a little bit, uh, but yeah. Okay. I mean, wild and crazy. So, Anthony, um, we're looking for more local details, local color, not necessarily strip clubs. (laughs) Do you have anything anything else for us? Yeah, tell us about the sex store now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, a funny story about that. They are actually in the same building, just so if you ever want to visit. (laughs) Nice. There you go. (laughs) One-stop shop. Great. (laughs) Well, uh, you were talking about animals earlier, and I forgot about one, which uh, I don't know if you know who Paul J. Rainey is. No, uh uh-uh. So Paul J. Rainey was this like playboy billionaire back in the day. And I think in the twenties, his father uh, was really big into the Coke business. And I do mean the drink. <laughs> uh, and okay. he apparently made a film, a silent film where he went to go uh, to Africa to hunt uh, animals because that's what he liked to do. Well, the Paul J. Rainey farm, which is still, yeah, it's still there. Um, he brought home a bunch of exotic animals and he would keep these exotic animals and he would breed them and they were just, you know, people would come to see them. And uh, it was so popular uh, that they actually put in a railroad right in front of the house, which is still there. And one day, Paul J. Rainey just disappeared. This was in the 40s. He just randomly disappeared. Nobody knows what happens to it. But all of his animals were let loose in the woods nearby. And now people still claim that they see random exotic animals, such as monkeys, uh, lions, stuff like that. Lions, yes. yes. <laughs> so people are terrified. And take into account that most of the towns now around it were nothing but land back then and now they've mm-hmm. developed on it so people are just still terrified that if they go in those woods they'll see like a monkey or hyenas and there's actually a story where i was with my grandmother one night and we were going down this old dirt road and she was scared to death because she thought she saw a hyena i thought it was just a dog with mange <laughs> <But> she, <laughs> she swore up and down maybe it was, it was a, a hyena crane. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so that is a very common story, especially in North Mississippi. And uh, and also, no one knows what happened to Paul J. Rainey. <laughs> he just disappeared. Fucking Carol Baskin. Mm, interesting. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's what I was... I went right to the Tiger King, Lee. <laughs> very <laughs> Tiger King-esque. Like... <laughs> so, so, Anthony, do we know if Paul J. Rainey had any... Uh, you know, polyamorous male relationships. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, he was, he was a big partier though. Uh, his, he had a hotel built in another town where people would come, just because they couldn't all fit in his house. So he was very popular, and I think the film grossed about fourteen million dollars, which was a lot in the the twenties. You know, <laughs> so wow. <laughs> Uh, it was one of the first African expedition films, you know, for a hunter. But uh, yeah, and there's also a random grave in front of his house that says the Frenchman's grave, and nobody knows why that's there either. <laughs> there's a whole story surrounding that. I'm not that familiar with it, but people randomly leave flowers 
every year. Intriguing. <laughs> the plot thickens. This is very Tiger King. <laughs> this is like if uh, Tiger King and the Great Gatsby had a baby. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. I, lo I love the... Um, you know, the film aspect of it. I love the mysterious Frenchman who right now I'm just going to say was one of Paul Rainey's lovers. <laughs> um, there's no, <laughs> there's no, clearly no evidence for that. Um, that's purely speculative. Um, please don't sue us. <laughs> that's a joke. Um, but yeah, no, it's so Tiger King. Um, Maybe something, maybe something happened uh, to Mr. Rainey that he would never financially recover from. Yeah, uh, apparently he had a lot of money, probably like Bruce Wayne type of money. <laughs> so <laughs> I just thought it, everyone thought it was just super weird that he just vanished. And he, he did have siblings that survived, but apparently the rumor is that he was running out of money because of his lavish parties and... Uh, he wanted to get away from it all so he maybe just disappeared who knows <laughs> classic oh my gosh yeah like carol baskin's husband right yes yes mm -hmm. i don't think she fed him to the tigers i think he just ditched you think yeah i don't know i i mean you you saw Carol, right? <laughs> it's true. Like, I would get out of there, too. But, I mean, she was very, like, you'd probably have to cover him in, like, fish oil or something to, like. Oh, yeah, that's right. Very yeah. specific on what would be needed to get a tiger to eat a hu dead human. Like... <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. You know, I wish we could go back to those uh, early days of the old pandemic when we were all wrapped up in tiger king and it was like the best those were those were nice those were early times where we were like okay we're just gonna sit at home and this is gonna all blow over in a couple of weeks I, I never got my truck <laughs> check i'm a little bit peeved about that <laughs> government i know you're listening fbi please get on that <laughs> oh yeah there you go that's really gonna help <laughs> um so, no, I like I love that story. That's one I haven't heard of, and that's one I really like. Um, there are all kinds of, you know, back roads here in Mississippi. There's old plantation houses that are mansions. There's the ruins of old plantation houses that are just creepy. There's, you know, the trees and the Spanish moss. Like, Mississippi's a place where ghost stories and urban legends and just weird tales like this can really take root uh anthony your thoughts on the magnolia state and some of its uh tales oh i i do find that a lot of the tales have to do with animals i guess because there's so much rural you know areas in the state but i do find them uh fascinating and i do enjoy them i think a lot of them are creepy and some of them are funny and i i enjoy learning about them uh i do have one more for you uh oh yeah oh sorry yeah i should <laughs> i shouldn't have cut you off early. give us one more yeah uh well uh, this is one that's similar to the mothman uh and you mentioned columbus earlier well there's a town not that far from it called mantachi which is 
nothing but trailer parks like that's it <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah nothing but trailer parks and uh, it's a really creepy place on its own like it's not somewhere you want to be at after dark well uh there is a local legend of batman and not the superhero but there is a local legend that there is a man who is both human and a bat and uh one of my favorite stories is a uh, two friends were coming back home at night and they were going to the park and when they went to the park it was off this this off-beaten path they saw the uh the batman there bouncing a ball which i always found hilarious i don't understand why he was bouncing a ball but <laughs> and uh so now it's like if you want to see him you can go to that park at any time at night and he'll apparently will show up or he'll throw a ball at you or something. And a lot of people have fun doing that, seeing if they can see him. <laughs> Intriguing. <laughs> um, I like I like the Batman story. I, I would reverse it, though, and just call him a man bat just so we didn't get him confused with True. the caped crusader. <laughs> <laughs> But, but Lee, what do you think of Man Bat? Sorry, I had my mic off. Man Bat's a little <laughs> bit more than, uh, sorry, Man Bat, Man, Dan. Man Bat is a little bit more unique. It's you don't often hear those kind of stories. Um, you hear like Mothman and stuff like that, which I don't know. You could argue that Mothman and Man Bat um, and Bat Squatch um, up in the Pacific Northwest uh, could all potentially be the same thing um, if it existed at all. Uh, I personally think it's Bruce Willis on a jetpack, um, but I don't know how he got a jetpack. He's not that rich, but he got it. Um, and yeah. Dan, you're welcome. Well, there's this guy in L.A. flying around on a jetpack all the time now, like blocking traffic at LAX. Right? That is so. also Bruce Willis. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Well, uh, if you're ever interested in an, in going to the Paul Rainey plantation, which is what, what it's referred to as now, uh, in those woods, there's also a hole that is a very mysterious and people are definitely afraid of it. <laughs> uh it is surrounded right now by electrical and electrical fence and everything around it is dead and it appears to not have a bottom in it. Uh, no one has ever, people have tried to fill it up over time and there seems to be no bottom to it. Really? That's like uh, that's like the Mel's Hole story yeah. out of Washington. I was going to say Mel's uh, Hole. That's classic. Um, the subsequent remake, um, Mel's Apache Hole or something like that that is in um, Nevada, because well, and not to be confused with the porn parody Mel's Glory Hole. No, not to be con well. <laughs> guess what? I confused it once. It was it was okay. Like, just okay. Give it a four out of ten. Acting wasn't I just, great. <laughs> I just used to always uh, find the stories of what they thought was in the hole uh hilarious because everyone in town thought there was a dinosaur in the hole i don't know what that's about <laughs> oh, really? that's like a very kid thing to do we like there was a t-rex in there <laughs> oh you know what that 
more power to them, though, right? Like, (laughs) some of these stories, and it's not me dogging on anything. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, be negative, but it's some of these stories. It's just like, where where did it come from? Like, how how did we get to this point where this is a believed story? Um, well, you see, Lee, it started with a hole in the ground. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, then, and then somebody... And then people just made up stuff around it. Yeah. And, like, honestly, if I was a kid, Lee, and you were giving me a hard time on the playground, I'd be like, I'm going to throw you in the dinosaur <laughs> hole and I run away. You know, but it's, it's very reminiscent. Like, that, to me, that could have been, like, something, like, a dad told his son to ke- get him to stay away from it, right? Like... Yeah, Don't go near classic, that hole, classic. you'll fall and die. Um, that's right. not enough for a kid, right? You got to give them something scary, a dinosaur, or it's it's never ending. You'll fall forever. Um, Look, Lee, have you ever watched Land of the Lost? I mean, come on, right? <laughs> Easy. Fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah. Or or you know, y- your your hands will get hairy. Or you'll go blind. <laughs> you you'll go kill blind. kittens. Stuff like that to get you to stop doing stuff. <laughs> that always reminds me of um, a line in Young Frankenstein. They're on the... Tra- um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marty Feldman as Igor. <laughs> says, what, what did your dad always used to say? Why don't you get out of the bathroom and give somebody <laughs> else a chance? <laughs> Oh, this has devolved into childish humor. I'm sorry, Anthony. Classic. I know. No, this was actually really great for immature humor. This is our best immature humor that we've done in a while. Okay, fair enough. I hope Anthony's (laughs) agreeing with it. (laughs) Um, This is going to give people a lot of fodder for, um, you know, stories to scare kids with, uh, to not go into the woods because it's filled with um, werewolves. And uh, three-legged ghosts, witches, who may have performed satanic rites on children. Um, Like, all kinds of stuff. Um, There's, you know, don't eat the lead paint off the walls, because then your mom or sister will try and kill you. (laughs) Um, That might be where it came from. (laughs) Like, the mom's just like, knock it off! (laughs) And some kid was like, oh, that makes mom mad. <laughs> it must make all women <laughs> mad. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine some Mississippi mom be like, God damn, Wilbur Ray, <laughs> stop eating the paint off them walls. <laughs> I ate the paint and then mom got mad at me. Yeah. Wow, I feel like such a dick. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. No, I don't I, know who I, I just insulted, I but you, I feel like I just insulted somebody. I think you cracked another one there, Lee. Very insightful. You've, we've, we've gotten to the heart of all of these tales. This is only number two. I uh, haven't cracked number three yet. Yeah. No, I, I think we've had a good time talking about these <laughs> urban legends, but there is something weird there. They do all scratch... Uh, a weird part in uh, in your psyche where you're afraid of uh, you know the opposite sex or uh, a dark road or um, you know this story of something that happened to kids or you know a weird hole you know it's just all of these kind of dark places in our minds um, that surround 
uh, physical locations, um, which is which is a really cool thing, I think, Anthony. <laughs> um, so yeah, what? I mean, you've been to some of these spots. What do you think about uh, you know the Mississippi geography and how it relates to these tales? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I find Mississippi creepy <laughs> after certain times of night. Uh, so I think some of these tales, they really do work to keep kids out of the woods because I'm not going in any of these woods after dark. I don't want, you know, a Batman or something <laughs> to, to uh, yeah. attack me. Um, but I think there is one closer to you, though. It's uh, the Witch of Yazoo. Hmm. Oh yes, that's that's just a little ways up in the delta. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would, we've got we've got it all, man. <laughs> yeah, I always found that one really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna save that one because I think uh, we might want to do that one in the future. I think let's save it um, because I like that story. Um, these these are some creepy tales, I think. Um, and I've taken uh, when we moved down here, we moved from out west, and in may as soon as the fireflies started coming out we started taking night drives around uh and trying to find country roads out here and the thing a lot of people might not who aren't from uh the south might not realize is just how loud it is at night with all the bugs and the frogs Uh, it is it can be the, the volume is shocking. And the cicadas. Uh, and this year, we got the 17-year cicadas this year. So it is going to be very loud. Oh, um, you got those this year? I think we had them la- mm-hmm. li- the year before last. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's going to be intense. So there, that noise, that humming, um, it can get in your head. It can get freaky. Um you're right, Anthony. I think Mississippi is weird, and it's got infrasound. It's just got that strange. It's got that strange history, um, and that little bit of little bit of otherness that just uh, it, it lends itself to legends. It lends itself to authors. I mean, I think that's part of why Mississippi has such a great literary history. Um, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I live in the town where, you know, William Faulkner, so we're constantly reminded of <laughs> of writers every day. Uh, right. But it definitely drives the uh, the creative spark if you're into uh, writing anything fiction. Very cool, guys. Well, Anthony, uh, where can people find Not Another Horror Podcast? It is available on every platform. Um, you can also visit the website www.notanotherhorrorpodcast.com Very cool, very cool. All your favorite podcatchers. Uh, I'm on Stitcher. Um, you guys can go check out Not Another Horror Podcast. Our man, Anthony Rossetti, the host and curator of all things strange and unexplained. Anthony, thanks for coming on Beyond Terrestrial. Lee, Tell our Beyonders what they need to do. All right, guys. I'm going to need you to keep your feet on your gr- on the ground. <laughs> You're going to buckle up. You're going to put your seatbelt on, okay? And then I want you to look up out there, Beyond Terrestrial. Thank you for listening to Beyond Terrestrial, all three of y'all. 
If you're still a fan of this show, follow Beyond Terrestrial on social media and join the Beyonders Facebook group for even more strangeness. Links to everything, including previous episodes, are available at beyondterrestrial.com. That's the place to go for stickers, merch, show swag, and our Patreon. Patrons get exclusive access to ad-free shows, giveaways, and the unedited after-show show. Anything you give to the show goes straight to Funk Master B's bachelor pad, which for now is also where these giant turkeys record this show. The show was edited by Simple Equations Media with music by Mike Root. Dan and Lee will be back next Tuesday with more from Beyond Terrestrial.